Atticus is a document review and verification platform that is used by the world's largest companies and advisors to seamlessly fact check documents before they are disclosed. This is Engage Governance, the podcast series from the Chartered Governance Institute, UK and Ireland. In today's podcast, I'm talking to Patrick Skinner, General Manager for UK and Europe at Atticus, which offers verification services for regulated documents. Patrick, Perhaps you could start by giving us a sense of what verification is and how it relates to our audience. Yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, it's great to be speaking with you today. So verification in this context is the process of checking or corroborating that any material published in market statements, including annual reports, half years, press announcements, etc., are accurate and a fair representation of the truth and they do not, by omission or any other means, create a misleading impression. And are there any regulatory requirements around that? So there are a number of different regulatory requirements, probably too many to cover in one podcast. But one key piece I'd like to focus on is the concept of misleading statements and misrepresentations. Um, that's a, a central theme set out in both the Financial Statements Markets Act, or FUSMA, as well as the FCA handbook. Um, corporate governance professionals, including those in this audience, should be aware that the inclusion of misleading statements and misreps in market statements, like you know, annual reports, financial results, etc., can result in liability for the disclosing company. Um, and one such example of this is in Schedule 10A of, of FUSMA. Um, which is a particular concern to listed companies and companies seeking to list, which imposes liability on an issue of securities for misleading statements or omissions. I think this particular statute applies if a person discharging managerial responsibilities at the company knew that, and then this is really important, was reckless as to whether the statement was untrue or misleading. So if we see as one of the key functions of corporate governance is to properly review documents and prepare senior management and boards. Verification plays a really key role in this to avoid potentially unpleasant outcomes for companies. And why else is it important for companies to conduct verification? Um, Are there any actions that shareholders might take? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's that's kind of a, a key concern. So even vaguely misleading claims can be used as a basis for shareholder activism, particularly hedge fund-led activism. Um, And reports suggest that these kind of investors whose operas Morandi is to buy shares in publicly listed companies and occasionally privately held ones as well in a bid to effect significant change, um, they've become increasingly prevalent in the UK and they hold positions in as many as you know, 15 companies in the FTSE 100. So this kind of relatively new breed of shareholder has been known to jump on misleading or even ill thought through statements as a means to affect change, you know, for instance, by trying to sack the board. Um, and so that's something that I think corporate governance professionals should be aware of so they can properly prepare the board for this kind of action. Yeah, absolutely. And those kind of events um, also bring with them the potential for reputational damage. Is that something that you think makes verification important for companies? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's not insignificant either. I think a failure to properly uh, disclose statements to the market and investors can have huge reputational issues. Um, there are some well-documented examples in the UK. For instance, um, a FTSE 100 company was put in a pretty difficult position when they failed to disclose a cybersecurity breach, which led to reputational damage, fine from regulator, fall in their share price. Yes, I'm listening in on uh, Radio 4, where an example of a, a poor public disclosure popped up where a recycled toilet roll company claimed that 15% of global deforestation came from the production of toilet paper. Now, this turned out to be completely untrue and they miscited an you know, environmental study, which led to you know an expose on the BBC, which is kind of the last thing that that company needed. <laughs> Absolutely, and greenwashing, in, um, as that might be considered, is um, particularly um, high on the agenda at the moment, I would say, in terms of reputational damage. Have you got any stories about your own experiences of carrying out verification? Yeah, so I conducted quite a bit of verification in practice, um, most notably advising a company that was seeking to list on the London Stock Exchange. Um, to be entirely candid, it was my least favourite task, um, partly because we were doing it in a, in a super manual way. And so I'd have to stay on top of you know, dozens of emails coming from different business units. I had a a screen with a kind of horrendous set of um, notes on my sort of Microsoft Word and Excel, um, and also had to stay on top of you know, a ton of uh, different red lines. So it all kind of just added up as a, a, a bit of a dilemma, really, where you're seeking to fully cover the company you work for or advise with often quite limited time and resources. And what can go wrong during a verification process? Are there any um, key risks that our audience uh, should be aware of? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few things that can go wrong and or be quite unpleasant about the process. And I think the key issues that I'd highlight firstly is tedium. So human error, skipping over material statements, humans can get bored, hungry, tired. Um, and this can be you know, a long process. If you, if you look at annual reports, you know, they're, they're often in the hundreds of pages. And so it can be quite a repetitive and time-consuming process. Um, the, the other pieces I'd probably point to is project management. And so a lot of the audience would probably appreciate that it's very difficult getting different business units and advisors to all sing from the same hymn sheet. And so collating information from your, your peers, particularly, um, um, colleagues in you know, more senior positions can be pretty tricky, um, to say the least. Um, and I think one of the other things is basically just staying on top of changing drafts. So lots of different teams, whether they be finance, legal, investor relations, always want to add to the content. It can be really last minute. And so staying on top of those changing drafts and ensuring that your notes still you know, uh, correspond to that updated draft can be really um, unpleasant and time consuming. And do you have any specific examples of where not conducting verification has backfired? Yes, so there's quite a few in the market. Um, a recent example is of a, a large oil and gas company here in the UK, where they basically had to issue a market clarification after not providing enough information 
on their energy transition process, which naturally upset shareholders. Um, that's quite high profile examples, but you'll see market clarifications and sort of amendments coming out quite a lot, both with listed companies and privately held companies. I think that's something that company secretaries kind of live in fear of because it's a very public sort of mistake that's been made. Yes. And so you mentioned the company secretary, actually. Um, what's their role in this verification process? In our experience, the role of the COSEC depends slightly on the company, but predominantly in the UK and Ireland, they are generally charged with running or quarterbacking the process, sometimes in conjunction with the investor relations team. Um, but the secretariat function often leads the process itself, and they're responsible for project managing and actually providing a lot of the notes. So they're, they're very much front and center in, in our experience to, throughout this whole process. Okay, and you, and you mentioned regulations earlier. Um, are there any other legal requirements or regulations that um, company secretaries, when they're carrying out this work or governance professionals should be considering? Yeah, so we mentioned this, the, the FCA handbook and, and FUSMA earlier, and, and you, you quite rightly pointed to sort of greenwashing and how that's very much in vogue. And so another topic which I know is very high up the CGI's agenda at the moment is around the, the impact that the TCFD recs have on the industry. And in particular, you know, principles of effective disclosure, which if you, if you go to principle six, states that all statements need to be reliable, verifiable, and objective. Um, and if they can't be, the company needs to set out a plan uh, which meets the standard in their, their next reporting cycle. So the word verification is obviously explicitly called out there, um, but pointing also to the kind of reputational things we were discussing earlier, it's really important to be on top of TCFD to make sure that um, you know, all of your environmental stuff is, is on point. And is that something that you um, are able to help your clients with? Yeah, absolutely. And so we're all about basically making the verification process a little bit easier. So putting in different business units into the same platform, having a safe space where you can write notes, add supporting evidence, and also because a lot of these documents are subject to drafting changes, we are able to basically transfer verification notes across different drafts and different documents so that there's better compliance and less duplication of work. That sounds brilliant. And, and where have you or your clients um, seen the most success? What are your tricks of the trade? I think the first one really is just try not to panic. Um, it can be a really daunting task given the sheer volume of statements that often need to be verified. Um, and with that in mind, I, I try to start the process as early as possible, you know, for instance, by verifying the most mature parts of the draft. The, the last thing anyone wants is, you know, two days before a, a document is released where you're working late nights and you know, it's a very stressful environment. So if you, if you can avoid that, that, that that's great. Um, and also just other little tricks like where possible, try to transfer notes from previously verified documents. Um, I would say this, but make use of software wherever possible to streamline and, and, and trap the process. Um, and I think if you, if you get all of those things right early on, um, it will become much easier. Well, that all sounds great. 
Um, and what do you think is the best way to get this onto the board's agenda or, or, or how do you discuss it with somebody who's not very technical? Um, I would first and foremost feel confident about raising any concerns that you might have with senior management, including you know, the, the general counsel and, and members of the board. You know, company secretaries and the secretariat team are experts in their field and they should feel confident that they can express any concerns that they have. Um, and also we've spoken a bit about this today, but don't be ashamed to raise the, the human element behind this. It's important and challenging work. And so um, if you can get support, you, you should. Um, and I think the one that might resonate most with particularly the board is how this can be a really beneficial process for them. The last thing they want is you know, going to an AGM or doing a, a TV circuit where someone picks apart an annual report or a financial statement. And so if you can verify documents more fully and more effectively, that will in turn make you know, those people a lot more confident when they you know, attend those kinds of events. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds brilliant. Um, well, thank you, Patrick. That's all been um, really interesting insight into the verification process and your experiences of it. And like you say, how the human element of it can make it quite challenging um, and how perhaps considering other approaches can can take some of that pressure off and avoid the panic that you said is never good. Um, thank you very much for your time today. It's been really interesting. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure speaking. Engage Governance. Look out for more podcasts coming soon. We would like to thank our sponsors and experts for supporting the launch of the Engage Governance podcast series. To access more podcasts and other useful governance tools, like our guidance notes, blogs and articles, please visit www.cgi.org.uk.